Hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back or welcome to Mentors Today Season 3. I'm Rob Ryan, and I'm here with Ileana Jaime Felix. Ileana, how are you today? Hello, Rob. I'm so happy to be here. As always, I'm very excited to talk with our guest. That is, we're having a, like a VIP guest today. All our guests are special, but today is a bit of a special guest. So everything's good in Guadalajara. We're all good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Busy as always. You know, we are starting a new year and in the wholesale industry, it's crazy. So we are working on that and with energy. Okay. Well, we're going to bring some of that energy to this conversation right now. Yogi Roth is our guest. He's my friend. I'm always so proud of everything that he creates and the stories that he shares, whether it be in his books, in movies, in short films, in his sports commentary. Some of you may know or may not know that he is a professional storyteller, as I like to say. Um, he's literally focused on seeking and uncovering the humanity in sports around the globe. And he's literally spent a whole bunch of his life traveling. He is currently the lead color commentator, college football analyst for the Pac-12 Networks, which is American college football for those that are listening outside the U.S. He is an Emmy award-winning filmmaker, a scholar, a New York Times bestselling author, an accomplished American college football coach at USC or the University of Southern California. He's a paid, hireable, motivational speaker. So if you've got a great company out there and you need someone to come in and motivate your organization or your team, he's an awesome dude to do that. He himself is an award-winning, reputable podcast host, media personality on a number of different networks, host, world traveler, and now happily married man and dad to two amazing young boys. Yogi Roth, I could literally do an entire show that is just the introductory bio of you, <laughs> but we're not going to embarrass you to that level. It's just enough to say, welcome, bienvenido. We're so stoked to have you, buddy. How are you? I'm so excited to, to talk to you all today. Thanks for having me on, Rob. I'm still, you know, I know you often reference, you know, the walk that we had and your storytelling journey, uh, but you equally impact me and your commitment to telling stories right on your social media or with this platform or, you know, your daily life and business. So I'm excited. I don't know where we're going to go, but I'm looking forward to it and, and happy to go anywhere. That's uh, awesome. Cool. Ilay, I will tell you a funny story quickly. Ilay last night asked me if I had any pictures of us, Yokes. And so I still have in my favorites on my phone, the picture that we had some random stranger take while we were walking that day in Venice in 2015. It was <laughs> May 29th of 2015. And her immediate reaction was like, Look at you. You look so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we go. That's the history. All right. So, buddy, you're a professional storyteller. And I use that word professional very specifically because I think you taught me something that I want to try and have you and us impart to our audience. And so I want them to understand that professional storyteller isn't just some guy who's a college football commentator. Professional storyteller isn't just an author. Professional storyteller isn't just a filmmaker. Like, oh, those are those people in Hollywood. What you imparted to me, which was like a breakthrough moment for me, was this idea that, you know, we're all storytellers, or in the case of a business person, we have an opportunity to be a storyteller as well. So, so as someone who does that for a living and also happens to be married to a dynamic startup entrepreneur founder, tell us how important storytelling is to every entrepreneur and into building any kind of an audience or community or business. Yeah, it's, it's a cool topic. And I think the, the, there's a world of maybe people listening or of, of the community of, you know, entrepreneurs or startups where 
you're like, I'm so sick of hearing the same few descriptive words. And one might be, I'm a storyteller, right? Uh, we've, we've heard those before. And, and I understand where the annoyance of that may come in. Uh, but I, and, and here's a couple examples why. Uh, and I'll work in reverse. When I walk into a locker room, you reference being a broadcaster, I'm often uh, invited, thankfully, into team rooms. And I stand in front of 120 college football players and I say, how many of you, by a show of hands, think you're a storyteller? And on average, it's about two to five hands pop up. And then I say, how many of you have TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, some sort of social media? And they all go up. And I say, well, you're telling a story every day. I'll back it up another step. When I was coaching at USC, Pete Carroll used to always challenge us to develop our philosophy. I got to write a book with him titled Win Forever, which is literally a guide, his guide of his journey, finding his own approach and philosophy. And he would often say, you have a philosophy, you just don't recognize it. When you wake up in the morning and put on a shirt that is completely wrinkled, you're, you're telling a story. If you don't, we would tell the quarterbacks, hey, if you don't you know, wash your face and brush your teeth and comb your hair before a meeting, like you're telling me a story about how much you care about being prepared for this meeting. Right? I'll back it up even further to a six-year-old. Every night we read three stories to our oldest son, Zane, and he gets captivated in those stories. Every week, we have a night where we just make up stories, right? So my point is that it's a part of our everyday life. It's a part of our everyday life, right? Whether it's, man, I went to this dope-ass coffee shop with my man, Rob, this guy that I just kind of randomly met. And man, you should have heard what he told me about his journey and his daughter and his life and his business dreams. Like everything revolves around that word. Whether we use it or not or recognize it or not can be debated. But the reality is every day when the sun comes up and then it goes down, a story is being told in your living one. Whether you see it, hear it, uh, lie to yourself about it, overindulge on it, that's up to you. But it's happening. And we're observing story in the same vein. And, and you get, you know, obviously as a parent, like that's your key job is to try to stay a half a step ahead of your kid and observe what they're going through and, and what story is operating within their brains. So with storytelling is like, it's in, it's a human nature activity. Yeah. I mean, think of, if you ever went camping, right? Like, why do we go to some old school art? Let's campfire it up, get some s'mores out and tell campfire stories, scary stories, whatever, like. It, it's who we are. It's what we're about. It's, it's everything about us. And, and then think about the end. When somebody dies, what do you ask at the celebration of his or her life? Hey, tell me some stories. What were they like? Right? So it, it, it is the red thread that cuts through our world. We could be annoyed by the word now because maybe it's overused. But it, I, don't, I could care less. Like It is a thing. So to me, and I, you referenced my wife and her company, Kindtail, I often talk to her like, yeah, you, you're killing it with your product, but keep honing your story because now as her company grows, people are asking her to be guest speaker, an inspirational speaker. You know, she's doing a great one in, in SF around Women's Day, International Women's Day. Nice. And, she's, and I'm like, yeah, they love your product, but man, they're going to fall in love with your story. And that's how you're going to continue to build your community. That's fascinating. Now that you're telling us how storytelling is part of our daily journey of every person and even for entrepreneurs and everything that we do, and now that we have a lot of different platforms, actually technology is pushing us to be storytellers. 
they put the the tools there and our responsibility or if you want to use them to take advantage of them for our business or whatever we do is there. But I see that you had been very successful in many platforms already, even before we had all these tools. You have been doing film, you have been doing writing, podcasting, etc. And I'm just wondering, how do you manage to stay relevant in, in so many platforms? And what's the secret behind all that energy and success in many different kinds of platforms? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I stay relevant or not. I, I don't know if I could be the judge of you're that. Too, think- you're too humble. You, 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 <laughs> you're too, I knew, I was like, he's going to demure on this, right? <laughs> no, but, I, but I'm, I'm wondering if you, if you like have a process to constantly innovate, to be attractive for the audience in these different kinds of platforms or just happened like casualty or how does it works? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Rob has a book, right? Which starts with why next to his desk on my mm-hmm. bulletin board, I've got a phrase that says move with intent, but go with the flow. So my intention is to seek and uncover humanity and sports all around the world and tell stories about that. I know I can't read every article and every outlet, and I know I can't comment on every you know, trending topic because of my priorities, which is like, you know, from four to eight, I'm going to be with my kids and I might miss a moment or many moments, mm-hmm. but at night, like I'll capture, um, and I'll try to like what happened in, during the day. I'll try to track things. I try to really be structured. I think my athletic background gives me some of that really detailed structure around like, okay, this is when I'll drop into social media. This is when I'll plan out my social media. And it got me to the place probably about three years ago where I looked at my channels and I think it'll come across probably a little arrogant, but it's not meant to. It's come, It's meant to be organizational where I said, if I was a cable channel, how would I program my cable channel? And mm-hmm. if I believe I've got something to say, and look, let's be real. Every one of these social platforms can border on narcissism, right? Can border on like, man, look at me, look at me. But if mm-hmm. I feel as though, and I believe this, I got something to say, and I think you should hear it then I need to be organized around that, right? So whether it's a YouTube video, dear student athletes, college, let me talk to you about social media because I bet you're feeling a lot of stress right now around the election. I did one of those, you know, last year, of course. Or, you know, I've got one coming out soon that's going to be, hey, dear quarterback, you know, somebody new just probably entered your room that you weren't anticipating because there's so many transfers happening in college football. So I'm trying to look ahead a little bit and, and program my channels with at least some structure, and sometimes I miss, like, I'm the worst at newsletters. Every Friday, there's an alert on my <laughs> on my calendar that says, send out the newsletter. And I haven't sent one out in probably three months, right? And, and I just know, like, God, I, I, I despise, like, putting that work into that thing. But I need to do it. And, you know, so I'm not great at, at every one of those staying relevant. But I'd like to think I'm, I'm in the conversation because I want to have something to say. And, and as I've gotten older, I think I've transitioned from being the safe, young college football sports personality to somebody who's lived a little bit like i'm not saying i've got all the answers by any stretch but Mm -hmm. you know now that i hit 40 um, you're yeah (laughs) dude dude you're seriously old compared to how how young you were when i met you yeah yeah (laughs) i well i just think that like i i I feel like i want to say more 
I want to say more about social injustice. Mm-hmm. I want to say yeah. more about, you know, whatever it may be that I have an opinion on. Like, and there's some things I'm really have strong opinions on, whether it's ending homophobia in sports. My brother's gay. That's something that's very important to me. Or racism that exists in this country, right? Like I, I live in a blended family. My wife's 100% Korean. Like I, I have stances now that I didn't have, you know, before, maybe wasn't aware of before. So I've got stuff to say. And I like that because I trust that what I'm going to say, it may annoy some people, but it's not going to hopefully offend too many people, but maybe open some eyes. And on every story I've ever told, whether it's a tweet or whether it's a film, the only goal is to, to nudge you, to think a little differently, not to change your life. Maybe it does that. Maybe it doesn't, but it'll at least give you a nudge to say, hmm. And I hope, Rob, you'd say that when yeah. I broadcast football games, you'd be like, yeah, he, he gave me a little nudge today watching that. Oh, no. <laughs> no I, hey, come on. I mean, first of all, you know, I'm a number one fan, but you used a phrase with me years ago in our friendship that you said, you have a point of view. And then you encouraged me to share it in any and every way that I wanted to. Right. And I think that's what, I think that's what you, you have a point of view currently. I, I, as a, as a consumer of you, you have a point of view. Right. And so you're, you're constantly sharing it. Um, and and then the points of view that we have in life, I think just on your point that you just made about how we grow and how we evolve as we age and, and just our context shifts and changes in our lives, right? For me, the storytelling comes down to that, having that point of view. Like if I stop having a point of view, then you all will not see me share stories on social media anymore, <laughs> right? But as long as I have like a, as long as I have a point of view on like, there was something there was some story that affected my life today and I'm going to share it with you in hopes that one, it's cathartic and selfish for me because it's, it's self-serving. It allows me to get it out. But then two, because maybe it inspires or educates or empowers one person out there that, that like benefited from that perspective. In your case, you talk a little bit about like life in a walk to me, life in a walk is like the actual real life analogy or metaphor to being an entrepreneur. I mean, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but like you literally bootstrapped a film and then went about building a team and then crafted a story, which essentially was your product. And I don't think like the average content consumer, movie watcher thinks about the films that they go watch like their business. But tell us that story about life in a walk. Yeah. Well, I think to your point about having an impact on one person. Like, I believe this is a theory you'd know better than I in entrepreneurship, but it's like, if you can get 300 loyal fans, followers, customers, you've got a business Yep. versus like 3000 or 3 million that just think you're cool. Yep. And, and I think like you've done such a great job of it. Like, I don't know your like analytics, but I would bet like the engagement of I am Rob Ryan is through the roof. We know what to anticipate. And it's in the way that you just described it. Like, and Ile and I talk about that with the podcast. Like our podcast is nothing like numbers wise comparatively to what you've done over the years. Right. But, but I always, when, when we get in a moment where we wondered about like, man, that was an awesome conversation we had with that person that we wanted to share. I'll say something. You'll laugh at this yokes. I'll say to Ile, Hey, wait a minute. Just imagine that like, 97 people were standing in your living room right now, literally just standing there listening to you because they really valued what you were saying. I'm like, how crazy would that be? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. but because, but we, but, you know, humanly in a business and, and, and just as, as people, like Eli says in social media, we chase the, 
you know, well, if I don't have 9,700 clicks, like, I, and I'm like, wait, no, like, what if you had 32 people that really cared about you that were sitting in your living room right now, like hanging on every word that you were producing? Like, so that's, I, and to me, that was life in a walk to tie it back. Like the, like to me, life in a walk was like, I saw like a, a two minute clip preview of a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo, I think it was even that like yeah. drew me in. And I said, who like, wait, this is the guy that I, this is the kid respectfully, sorry at the time. I'm like, this <laughs> is the kid who's like the guy that does the college football stuff that I see. And now he's talking about this story about his dad. And then I, I was in right. Then I was in. Yeah, I think to to just kind of riff on the the movie, long story short, my dad, when I was in college, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He didn't deal with it well. I didn't think it was a thing to deal with. Fast forward five years, I finished playing, and I was on one of my sojourns, and I was in Easter Island, and I called home. I'll never forget from this little pay phone. And Easter Island, I mean, you, you too may have gone, and your listenership may have gone, it's just amazing. I mean, it is freaking amazing. Like the Moai, the statues that you just can get lost um, in your own thoughts and explorations. And I call him and I say, what's up? And he goes, nothing, you know, I'm going in to, uh, you know, have my prostate removed tomorrow. And I was like, oh, you want me to come home? And he's like, no, I'm good. And, and that was kind of it. We didn't talk about it. He recovered. It was out of sight, out of mind for me. And years later, about five years later, it, it hit me that I was like, oh my God, like, I am, I did not even process that. It's kind of like uh, if you ever had a trauma, which we all have had. We're shocked. Like, yeah, and then it, and then it shows itself in like another form, like a relationship or your business or wherever. And I was like, I got to deal with this because I do not want to learn more about my dad at the celebration of his life when I could learn about it in real life. So I was looking for my next adventure, and I watched a movie called The Way which is about the Camino de Santiago and a father and a son. And I was like, I'm doing it. I flew to New Brooklyn two weeks later. We were my, uh, my sibling was living and I walked in and I said, Hey dad, let's go for a walk. He's a big walker. It's how he went through his recovery. Even after his surgery, he walked a hundred yards. He walked 400 yards. He walked 800 yards. He walked a mile. He walked five miles. He walked 10 miles. Like Rob, like you and him are very similar. Mm -hmm. And like you exactly. have to yeah. And I said, hey, let's go for a walk. And he was thinking like Prospect Park or somewhere, you know, nearby. And I said, no, here's your flight. We go to Madrid in two weeks. Let, and we're going to go walk this famous pilgrimage. And it, you know, let me know if you're in. And of course he was in. And we met in Madrid and then found our way to Portugal and we began our, our journey from there. And what was interesting is that I was filming, or I talk about storytelling, I was, I was pitching a pilot show on travel. And the production company was like, hey, your flip camera or your eye, like I didn't even have an iPhone back then. They were like, your footage <laughs> is okay. Could we kind of follow your next trip? So I told them about it. They funded the cinematography um, and the equipment. We shared a couple costs and we brought two other people with us and away we went, Eric and Chris, our cinematographer and audio. And we all four of us walked. Well. And every day we would sit down and stop and I would ask my dad about a different decade of his life. And in turn, he would share that with me. And that became the process in the film. And then we would reflect on that in the next 20 miles that we would walk that day. And what was amazing, and I'll never forget it, one day we were sitting down and we just crossed over into Spain and we were looking out over the water and he said, man is made to move and we move through things. And that has stuck with me to this day. 
uh, as one of the most powerful quotes I've ever heard. Because whenever we are dealt with a challenge, whether you're an entrepreneur, a parent, um, just in life daily, like you got to move through it. Like you can't sit in it and and feel sorry for yourself. You got to deal with it and, and keep it moving and, and learn from it. And that film to me was about me literally moving through learning about my father, learning about my lack of wanting to deal with emotions. And I walked out of there not only being dramatically vulnerable, but I believe that that walk was the catalyst to open me up to eventually walk onto a plane and sit next to a woman who is now my wife. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell that story. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was just destiny. Come on. For the romantics in our audience, Yogi, now now you have to tell me how I met my wife's story, please. Oh my God. I would love to. I was, I mean, football is and sport is such a connective tissue to my life, right? And movement. So I was on Stanford's campus working spring football. I'm spending time with their staff and their offensive line coach at the time, who's now the head coach at Rice, Mike Bloomgren, says, Why don't you stay over tonight? Cancel your flight. My family's out of town. Let's go get like a couple drinks and, and dinner. So we had a bottle of wine. We had a good time and I changed my flight. Next day, I walk into the airport in Oakland and uh, literally as I walk into the plane and I take that right after you kind of give a hello and a nod to people working on the plane, the pilot or the flight attendants. And I looked up the aisle and I saw this smile. And my first thought, which is (laughs) probably a little inappropriate, but I was like, I'm about to sit next to a supermodel. And I was just like, so, so I, I walked down and I'm in the middle and she's in the aisle and some dude is to the window and she's got her headphones in and she's reading fast company. Now, I didn't know anything about her at the time, but I first looked at her and I said, Hey, how you doing? She pulled out one of her earbuds and says, good, put it back in. <laughs> and, I'm like, okay. and then I turned to her again and I say, so you heading home? pulls out one of her earbuds. She says, yep, puts it back in. The guy next to me who probably wanted to be sitting in my seat to hit on my now wife was laughing. And I was like, hey, dude, you need to chill out. And I gave it about three or four minutes. And I went again. I was like, hi, my name is Yogi. And she took out both headphones. And she said, Yogi, how'd you get yeah. that name? That's and it. That's the hook. I wouldn't let her you breathe. Were born, you were born yeah. with the greatest hook ever, right? Yeah, totally, man. That was and a great pickup line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 45 minutes later, we touched down and I begged for a number. And uh, two months later, finally got a date and uh, haven't stopped falling in love since then. And I, I really believe it's the only person I'm meant to spend my life with. That's awesome. No, that's lovely and awesome story. <laughs> and I can I can attest from an outsider's point of view, it, not only is Amy beautiful in every regard, but she does have a world-class smile. Mm-hmm. Right? That that smile is enough to grab you from halfway down the plane. So I can totally see that. Let's let's do this. Let's pivot a little bit as we head into kind of the second part of the show. And let's let's masterclass this a little bit if we can. So let's get yeah. a little technical. Right. So help help our audience understand like what are the basics? What are the basic parts, components, pieces of any great story, no matter no matter whether you're in Hollywood or sports, television, or in business? Yeah, well, I think every story has an arc, right? Yeah. So that basically means like you got ups and you've got downs. Uh, every great story has great characters. And every great story has something that they want to leave their audience with. And I believe it's a feeling. 
Uh, our colleague, Ashley Adamson, taught me this line years ago. Um, our mutual friend, Bob, or Ryan, <laughs> Rob Ryan. I have like all these names running through my head right now. Um, <laughs> my colleague, Ashley Adamson at the Pac-12 Networks, who Rob also knows, when I asked her, hey, what makes a great story? She gave me a great line and it was, a great story makes you feel something. And I say that to athletes pretty often of like, great story has characters, a great story has an arc. Uh, but a great story makes you feel something. And if you think about like the greatest stories in your collective lives, you feel something immediately, right? Whether I say, hey, remember that first time you tried a Sour Patch Kid? Like your mouth starts to feel a little watery, right? Or if I say, hey, remember that first game you went to? And you're like, immediately you have an image and a story gets conjured up of maybe the subway and how you got there or the drive there or the tickets or the food or the ending. It makes you feel something. And, and I think that's the same thing in business, right? Like I can give you the greatest product of all time, but if I don't have a connection to it, fundamentally, if I don't feel something when you're talking to me, then then I'm probably not going to remember much. And, and I just believe that, right? It's the old adage of like, people always remember how you make them feel. I think the same thing in any great story. And I think that as time goes on, I could say like some of my favorite movies and I could tell you how they make me feel. I can't remember maybe every scene anymore. Same thing with every book. Like I can't remember every single element of every book I've read, but man, if you said the title, I'd say that made me feel hopeful. That gave me inspiration. That gave me insight. That gave me, you know, I was electric, whatever it was. Uh, so th that to me are the, the basic building blocks. Uh, it's, it, and I, I think, Ileana, I think you would agree like in most of what we hear about or what we learn or what we even ourselves talk about in entrepreneurship is like those basic building blocks are a good pitch, so to speak, right? They're a mm -hmm. good story. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end, when you're pitching in business, you have to connect with the audience with an emotion too. So it just relates. I mean, like Joey said, like in everything that we do, we are telling a story. It's the same thing in, in pitching. Yeah. The difference here is that you're trying to earn something from the audience, whether it be a connection with a person or money or an ex-partner or something like that. See. It's an emotion. Yeah, too. you know what's interesting on that is that uh, like when I when I talk to locker rooms, because I, I talk to a lot of them about like their own branding. And I you know, a lot of them ask the same question, like, what's a good story? And to me, like as as you all think of like your favorite story in your life. I bet it begins with great characters, right? Yeah, I bet sure. there's some sort of a journey, right? I guarantee there's some stakes and there's likely a resolution. And then they make you feel something. And I think it's important. And, and, I, and I give it the sports thing of like in a team room, there's 120 characters. Their journey traditionally is four years in college. The stakes are every Saturday you win or you lose. And the resolution is, man, like what's the process that we went through and what's the outcome? And then yeah. ultimately, like if you won your bowl game or you're Georgia and you won a national championship or you win the World Cup, like you feel something or if you lose. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I just think those like very simply are must haves when we're talking about sharing your story. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I sorry, I was just going to say, real, it, I'd be curious what you think about this, Yokes. And, and even frankly, we may have to have Amy on the show at some point now. Bring in the future, her on. Let's go. Right. Let's exactly. Go. I'd be curious what she yes. would say, because. I, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know me, I'm very adamant about certain things. Like I have some certain deep held beliefs about 
about things in business that I just I don't care if the if the wisdom of the of the common man and the common era is different. Like I'm like, no, this is the basic right way to do it. So I often say, like, I, I don't even like the word pitch. Right. Like I I and I I literally have a slide in a deck in speeches that I've given that says like why pitch is a terrible analogy to trying to connect with an audience, which is what you're what you're what we're telling entrepreneurs to do. But, but right. And so but I, are you go ahead. You're talking about the with the word pitch as in the sports context? But I'm tying it to like story, t telling a story versus a pitch. Okay. Right. So, so okay, okay. yes, the entrepreneurial world has decided that those are interchangeable, but I think that's a disservice to the actual value of telling a great story because I think they are very different things. Right. And so like, I think given a pitch, Like now Yogi, and this is where I would like, so like, I know Amy, you know, she'd go down to a startup competition in San Diego and, you know, here's your three minutes and like pitch us your story, which really it's just give us your pitch and drop a bunch of things on your slide that we want to see. But oftentimes it's terrible storytelling. Like people don't do an effective job at story. So I'm always more like, Hey, we don't even at growth Hacks, when we work with clients, like we don't even say we're going to do pitch training, which we get asked to help with a lot. We're like, well, no, we do storytelling training and they're like well what's the difference and i'm like well you'll see yeah <laughs> you know right? that's, that's fascinating like i think about like i'm pitching it's so funny i just got a, a email this morning right i've got an, a film that's completed that rob you've seen the trailer to uh it's called the cape it'll come out this year on yes! some platform right it's finally <laughs> it's coming Woo! All finally. Done. contracts are done the music's the whole thing is done right? it's five six years in the making um and i've got a big pit quote unquote pitch meeting Right, with a big okay. platform, and so I have a meeting with my agency and representation. I'm like, let's talk about what a pitch is, right? Like, because I, I think there's one world where I'm like, okay, I've got a 44 minute film that I think it fit this time slot. And when I look at what your brand does and the the content you do around it, like that's that's a pitch, and I'm already mm -hmm. checked out as the guy telling it. But when I sit there and I say, hey, okay, it's seven years old. I was given this journal. And it was about this guy in 1857 whose life fell apart at 25 years old. He got on a boat and sailed around the world for 357 days. And I was given this journal. And within this journal, he talked about this place he would sail. It's called Cape Horn, the tip of South America. Others call it Sailor's Graveyard because most people don't make it around. And he would write about this journal and I became obsessed with it, that I had to see it. So fast forward 20 years, I went down and did. And this time I went with four other people we never met. So this film, this 44-minute film that I think fits your demo perfectly is about five people who never met chasing this journal and this story and openly talking about all their fears in the most dangerous sea in the world. Dude, I'm, I'm literally I'm, – I'm raising my hands above my head right now cheering for the outcome of this movie. Yeah, right? Like, And, and it, it's cool because I think even for me, I have to check myself of like, okay, I'm going in with a big-ass company, like a huge right. – like, can, like, can I get this on – one of the biggest How streamers. How you summarize? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, and you and I both know that, okay, we can all block out a 30-minute Zoom meeting, but bro, if you don't got me in the first four, mm -hmm. you know, well, whatever. Yeah. Say the first four is me Bye. asking uh -huh. questions about your life, but when it gets flipped to me, I better capture you. And I know Ilya heard it because literally we just texted each other while you were talking, but you, <laughs> everything about what you just did You shifted, dude. Like your energy, like you literally, my teasing myself would be like you went into storyteller voice. Like you literally went into character. 
just now. <laughs> you just did it live in front of us instinctively because it's who you are. But it's a different tone than my buddy who's probably got flip-flops on and he's chilling in his chair and he's watching his son come out. The, like I could, Because I know that energy when I hear it. So that's my point, right? So that is not, that's not, a, you didn't just pitch us. You told, you hooked us with a story. And that's where I think the opportunity is for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurialism is, I think we do way too much pitching and I don't think we do enough storytelling. And I'm not blaming the entrepreneurs. I'm saying like, that's the, the this whole quote unquote industry or ecosystem that people like Amy and ourselves all live in is we, we're using the phraseology that you all use in Hollywood like pitch meeting, pitch the investors, pitch the, but that's so transactional and it's so cold. And I think when it's done right, then we just dismiss it and we're like, well, it's just because he's a great or she's an awesome talker. She's good with people. She's like, she was pretty. And instead it's like, no, maybe she was just really, excuse my language, people fucking prepared. And she really curated an incredible story, which by the way, let me tell you, Yogi, the moment that I, my friendship and respect for Ileana as an entrepreneur shifted when we were in Chile together, when I knew her as kind of a mentee and a, and a smart, you know, like bubbly personality amongst a group of a hundred <laughs> other people was when I watched her prepare for, and then, and then heard the story of her executing and then later saw the video of her standing on a stage in front of 1,500 of like the most accomplished retail executives from around the world at a conference and nailed it. Right. <laughs> because Ile is Ile is a natural storyteller, but you know why? Because she's prepared. She doesn't she didn't go on the stage and pitch her startup. And Rob, and it, I think it's not just the story, it's the passion. How do you tell your story? Because you can have a good story, but if you don't have the passion and you don't believe in what you're saying and you don't know what you're saying, it will be just a story and you won't connect. And that's, See. I think that's the difference in everything that you tell. See, no, a hundred percent. All right. Ile, why don't you let, why don't you turn Yogi into a mentor for the day? Close, <laughs> of out, course. This, close out this amazing episode we've had. <laughs> cool. Um, so as Rob told you in every episode, we turn our guests into the mentor of today because we want to provide our audience with some actionable lessons and to inspire them to do stuff out there that is very valuable. So today you are the mentor of the day and we would like you to ask what will be three pieces of advice for our audience to be a great storyteller. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think the number one thing in storytelling is you have to believe the story. Like you just said a great phrase in your reaction, which was like, you got to be passionate about it. Like you got to believe in the story period, right? Like whether it's like, mm -hmm. I believe in my own business, I believe that I should be the author of this book, or I believe that you should invest in my company. Like you got to believe like, and, and belief is like, it's a huge word in our house. You know, like we lost our dog at the beach, for instance, and our son was losing it. And he's like, dad, do you believe? And I was like, yeah, I believe, man. I believe. And like, cause <laughs> believe, we talk about that word all the time and he went right to it. And I was so proud of that of like, Oh, cool. Like he went right to, to, do you believe, you know? And, and I just think that when we close our eyes, we know, right. It's easy for me to sit at a coffee shop or in a quote unquote pitch meeting and like sell something, but like, I know if it's real, I just know. So I, I think that's number one. I, I think number two, and I learned this from, uh, 
someone that I've uh, become tight with, and, and Rob, you have as well. Uh, his name is Joe Town, and he I took his course on performance, and and I loved it. I love getting coached up in, in my craft. And when we talked about selling shows, he said you always have to answer these three questions, which is why me? Why should I be the one? Right? Why me? Why now? Like why is it the right time? And who cares? Mm-hmm. And I literally, I, I have a series on the CW that aired called um, All American Stories. Probably the best cinematography overall storytelling I've ever been a part of. Right? I think Life in a Walk is clearly the one that impacts me the most that we reference. But big picture, like all the tools, the team, the whole thing, it was this. And when I walked in, and we walked in everywhere, every place in the L.A. and Hollywood, we pitched this thing at. And most of them turned us, all of them turned us down except one. And they all said the same thing, which was like, yeah, it's not a big enough celebrity, Yogi. And I, if I told you how many times I've been told that, uh, my following is not big <laughs> enough, like we'd all be rich. Um, mm-hmm. But when I learned those three questions, I would walk into a room and I was able to disarm that room pretty, pretty efficiently, I think, of like, all right, let's, let's be real. Like, why am I here? Right? And it was a travel series and a sports series. Yep. And I would say, I've dedicated my life. I do this anyway, guys. And here's a couple examples. I've been seeking and uncovering humanity in sports since I can walk. Right? Why now? Well, the world needs hope. Here's why. Right? And who cares? Let me tell you why these people care. The number one viewed thing in the world is the World Cup. Number two is the Olympics. Number three is the Super Bowl. For as much as we say people don't watch sports, they watch sports. You know, sports documentaries have the biggest uptake in history over the last 18 months, like whatever. But my point is like answering those three questions and come and correct with it. And I think that to me serves as a great bridge for entrepreneurs or when you're super hyper focused, real serious. And it's a, again, a quote unquote pitch meeting. You're like, well, let me just break it down. Like, why me? That gets pretty personal, right? Why now? Like you're showing research. Who cares? Like, again, you drop into your passion bucket. So I think that's a, a that's a must. Powerful. Uh, yeah, moving forward. And then I think finally um, is, is workshopping it. Like, I, I'm with you, Il, of like, you know, we all have great stories that may not equate to great companies or may not equate to a great film in my profession. But if I workshopped it, I bet it could be. Right. Okay. Or I bet I could find some clarity. You know, my, my uh, partner I go to on everything in filmmaking is a guy named Taylor Cavanaugh, who he, you'd love to have him on, too. He's the founder of Blue Ox Films, a production company, super high end production. And he always would say, if if you give me if, if you give me anybody's iPhone and password, I can make a movie about their life. <laughs> Wow. Right. Wow. And, and, and it could probably go in a bunch of directions. It could be dark. It could be serious. It could be funny. It could be silly. It could be inspirational. Right. So I say that of like, and, and, and I, you know, I, I talk about my wife's company, Kindtail. Like it was first called Chasing Monkey. And then somebody in like Switzerland had that patent on some company they never used. So she's like, all right, let me change the name. Well, what, what am I about? As we as mm-hmm. we workshopped it and she workshopped it, she, she was like, I want my kids to be kind. Like above everything, she wants them to be kind. And her dog was kind to her in one of her most challenging times in her life. And he, here birthed Kindtail, the company, right? And I think the same thing is, she, you know, she continues to grow in her company and now her forward-facing side of her company, which is the story of it, is, is workshopping that story. 
And I think it's important to do that. I, I work with a guy named Ken Black, who you should have on as well. And he has a company called Pivot. Where he we're gonna hire. People. We're gonna hire Yogi as our booking agent. Yeah, now for this. there you go. <laughs> but, but I spent, um, you know, a, a while with Ken, and when I was really trying to figure out the sentence that you introduced me with, like that was two years in the making of like, what is my in marketing my position? What's my positioning statement to seeking to cover the humanity and sports around the world? Well, that was way longer than that sentence, and Ken and I broke down all of the things I was interested in, my values, my dreams, my aspirations, and just started to chunk them, right? So I want to be inspirational. I want to be impactful. I want to be a leader. I want to be a mentor and I want to be a mentee. Okay. Well, those all can kind of be under the same pillar of, uh, uh, engaging, inspiring story, right? So now like I look at like all of the things and as you build your personal story to present, as well as an individual one that you think can become something larger than a nice conversation over a podcast or a latte, I think you got to workshop it. So, so I net out, like have some passion. You got to have juice about what you're doing. You must answer those three questions. At the end of the day, you got to be willing to workshop it because you might come to the end and be like, I've done this. You know what? I don't think it can live as itself as a documentary, but what if we sell it with four other like-minded films and let's sell the series done. Got it. Sold the series, eight films. Away we go. You know, and I, it's it's my process. Not sure it's the right process, but it works. It works for me. I love it. I love it. I love the questions. Why me? Why now? Who cares? And then I add, why I'm about and what is my position? I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this to us. So before we leave, can you tell us where can people find you on social media? Yeah, it's just at Yogi Roth on all the platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, YouTube, to. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm there. My website's easy, yogiroth.com. Pretty simple across the board. And uh, I'm excited about this year, man. I got some cool stuff coming out. I got the film, The Cape, that I referenced. And I got it, my first children's book. It's going to come out yes. this summer, man. Ooh. And, uh, oh, man. More it. storytelling, dude. Yeah. More storytelling to come. Yeah, We're looking cool. forward to it. So grateful. I am giving you the closest thing to a big virtual hug across from Hollywood to Venice right now. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm grateful that you're a friend and a positive influence in my life. And I'm now super stoked that uh, I've been able to connect Yogi Roth and Ileana Jaime in my life. This is awesome. So grateful for your time today, buddy. Back at y'all. Much love. Stay safe. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and Guadalajara, produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City, and promoted by the content team at Growth Hacks in Tijuana, Mexico. You can always find and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with our hosts, you can find them on Twitter or Instagram at I am Rob Ryan or at Ileana J-A-F. Gracias, thank you, and we'll see you next time.